Amen. Well, hey, it's great Christmas celebration. We're launching a Christmas series today for three weeks. And uh, man, it's that time of year already. Can you believe it's already the Christmas season, even though it's going to be in the 50s today, right? We're getting it Christmas California style now. And uh, so, hey, it's awesome to be able to be a part of transitioning into this season. And, and uh, there's a ton going on. Christmas parties all over the place and trying to figure out what the trips are going to look like and getting out and doing the shopping. And, and uh, we decided to put some lights up on our house outside. We thought, hey, that'd be good. We'll make it a little more festive. We kind of went from a lot to very, very little. And this year we were like, let's put some more up, you know. So we decided to put some up around the, just the doorway. We thought that would look really cool. So we got this garland and, and uh, lights and we decided to hook it up and we got this special stuff. It's the command hooks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those things are supposed to like hold anything, right? No, <laughs> not so much. So we, th- we had the four pounders, so I'll just blame it on our choice. Okay, we probably should have gotten the nine pounders. But we put these command hooks up there and we end up hanging the garland and we're sitting there watching TV and about 40 minutes later, me and my wife were like, you know, I'm in high five mode. I'm like, yes, we have rocked. It looks awesome. And all of a sudden I hear, as the garland is like screeching across the window and dropping, right? Scared the snot out of me. I have to be honest. I had no idea who was breaking in the house, but whoever it is, they needed to cut their fingernails. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what in the world is going on? The dog starts freaking out. Our dog never barks. He's barking, right? I turn around and I see the garland kind of hanging there and I'm like, it didn't work, babe. So I went and got more hooks. So now I've got more and more hooks up there and we've got it all hanging up there and now it looks good, right? And so we sit down about 25 minutes later, you know what's coming. And the middle falls out and I'm like, that's it. I've had it. So I got the duct tape. <laughs> yeah. So I took the duct tape and got out there and I tape it up against the wall and I'm taping it on the sides and I'm like, they can't see it's nighttime. Right. So <laughs> right. And we're taping it up there and, and, uh, yeah, it didn't hold either. So uh, by the end of it, uh, I've decided I wanted it to look good for when my daughters came home because they were giving us a little complaint about not doing the Christmas thing during the season. So I take the chair out there, one last duct tape before the girls get home, and I step on the chair as they pull up, totally busted with duct tape in mouth, right? So I taped it up one last time, and uh, it still had fallen even this morning. So we're going to be figuring some things out. I actually ordered a uh, garland hanger that you can use specifically for the doorway. Hopefully that'll hold a little better. We'll give that a shot next. Man, Christmas, we can get caught up in the weirdest things, can't we? And all of a sudden you're like all hooked up in whatever you're trying to get after and we've made Christmas about something completely other than what it's really about. And uh, so this series is called Simple Christmas. How do we get back to the basics of making it what it should always be about? How do we set down the distractions and go after our Savior and worship Him? All right? Simple Christmas. Today, we're talking about refocus. We're going to be coming from the the story, Luke chapter 2. So turn with me, if you will, to Luke 2, 22, from the story out of the Gospels. we got the ushers coming forward. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? We're going to walk through this passage, so you're going to want a Bible. Luke 2, starting in verse 22. If you need one, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Time to refocus. If we're going to make a simple Christmas, we're going to need to be able to put our focus back where it belongs. Luke 2, verse 22. The first step in this simple Christmas 
thankfully, repentantly come before your God. Thankfully, repentantly come before your God. This comes right out of uh, the beginning verses here. It says, and when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And, uh, and we read the Christmas story and we read parts of it. We got to pick this up where it, where it belongs. Jesus has already been born now where we're picking it up. Jesus is born. And at this moment, the, the shepherds have come. There's been massive celebration. There's been this huge worship and people are going back home to tell a story. And, and what's next? Right. And how do we pick it up from there? What do we do? Right. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph? Well, that was a great start. Now what? And uh, that's where we're at, all right? It says, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. When their time came, like how did they know what to do? Well, they followed the law. And uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Literally, that had details for how to handle pregnancy and having a child. And uh, it comes right out of Leviticus 12 and Exodus 13. And we're going to see a couple of those quotes in the next two verses. And so it gave them some direction on what to do. There was the first seven days where they had to hold on. And uh, Mary was declared unclean in that season. And she had just had the baby. And there's some waiting period there. And then on the eighth day, Jesus circumcised. And then there's another 33 days to wait. This is all according to Leviticus 12. Okay. And then the 33 days to wait. And after that... Well, then you come and dedicate. It says, when the time came, in other words, the law says to do this, uh, according to the law of Moses, they, were brought, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Why? Why do that? Well, notice what it says. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Exodus 13. Every firstborn male presented to God as an offering and a sacrifice. Lord this one's for you. We love you, Lord, and may he be an awesome celebration of you and your greatness. And uh, that comes right out of Exodus 13. And so they're just following through with the law right as they should do. They're following some of the traditions of the Jewish faith, and they're making much of their God in the midst of it. That's what's going on here, all right? So as we read these things, we're like, am I supposed to do this? And uh, the answer is, no, this is probably more descriptive than prescriptive in that regard. They were trying to follow the law in the Old Testament elements. That law is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Praise God, right? Everybody say, praise God. Law fulfilled, man. You get that? Like, there is no hope if we have to fulfill it. And Jesus Christ already has, and we love him for that. And it's, it's an awesome time of worship. But this is what they're doing in following the law. It says, that is written in the law of the Lord. And uh, so now he says, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Ever been in that spot where maybe you've already had a baby or you know of your family who's had a baby and they're like trying to figure out what steps they should go after and what it should look like in these upcoming days of pregnancy and then right having the child after it. And the worries that come with it, I know when we had our firstborn, Megan, and uh, 
Johanna was a little more bold than I was, right? Megan was born and, and she ended up needing to go into NICU. She was born a little bit early. And so she had some lung issues and some breathing issues. So we had her in, in the NICU and she was in there. We didn't know how long it was going to be. They said it could be up to six, eight weeks. I mean, there were some long durations possible. And about four or five days in, Johanna calls me and she's like, hey, just so you know, they're letting us come home with Megan. And I'm like, I ain't getting her. That kid needs to be in the NICU, man. And uh, we could break her. I don't, I don't want to bring her home yet. And shouldn't she be a little bigger? Like 12 pounds or something? She's like five pounds, man. Something's wrong, isn't it? And, and I'm freaking out. And John is like all excited. We get to bring our baby home. And I'm like, what do you do with them? How do you care for them? And luckily we had the book. You know what I'm talking about. What to expect when you're expecting and you open that up and you start following through on all the things that should happen during pregnancy in those first few weeks of, right? And so we're following the book. Hey, that's what these guys were doing. They had the what to expect when you're expecting. It was called the book of Leviticus chapter 12, okay? And it was what should you do with your children as you first come home? And yeah, you might be freaked out. Here's some things to get God involved in this thing, okay? That's what's going on. And uh, so he quotes here from a, a, a chapter in Leviticus or a section in Leviticus. Now, I just want to be clear. There are two offerings that are talked about in Leviticus. We're going to talk about those in just a second. But uh, it says in those two offerings that you should bring a lamb and a dove or pigeon. Okay, a lamb and a bird. That's what you should bring. Notice what it says here, though. It says bring a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. What's up with that? And well, if you actually read a little further in Leviticus, it says, unless you can't afford it, then bring two birds. All right. So clearly we know something about Mary and Joseph and their current condition. They're not well off. All right. And so this is a statement of poverty and they're bringing in two little birds as their sacrifice, one for the burnt offering and one for the sin offering. And, And that's according to Leviticus. So let's just talk about that for a second. Burnt offering. What is it? So this is the offering where you bring the animal. In this case, it'll be the turtle dove, as said here, right? They bring the turtle dove up and set it down. And you put your hand on the animal or the bird, okay? And in that moment, this is a statement of this animal now replacing who I am. Them for me. You hearing it? Right? And in this burnt offering, then, your sinfulness, not just specific sins, but the generality of your sin and your sinfulness passed on to this animal, and then that animal is sacrificed. And it's a burnt offering. Some call it a whole burnt offering, like a burnt offering in that every last piece of it is consumed and burned, okay, for you in replacement of your sin as a representation. You put your hand on, becomes for you then a burnt offering for your sin and covers it. This is what was going on before Christ and the cross. But it was deeply representative. And for those who camped out on the law and said, that's just what we're supposed to do for life. They're like completely missing it. This is supposed to be a foretelling, a a, a foreshadowing of what's going on with Christ. And he is going to be that for us. And as we get to know him, as we put our hand on him, him literally becoming for me sin. Jesus Christ, the burnt offering. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because we have a God who went to the altar for us. Are you hearing it? 
And Mary's coming forward and probably doesn't even quite grasp what's going on as she is going through the ritualistic burnt offering moment. And her little one is going to become that in offering out for the world. Wow. She's now handing herself over. Sinfulness being handed over to God. Burnt offering done. Now comes the sin offering. And the next animal or bird in this case And this bird is brought up and that bird is now for those sins, ready, that you didn't even know you committed. Like you're completely clueless. You didn't even know you were in the wrong in that area. And right, they would call it iniquities, right? The things covering, uh, this thing is covering you for those things done that you didn't even plan and, and decide to go sin on. It's just built into you and you're doing it. That's what the sin offering is. And so as they come forward now at the end of having this child 33 days after the eight days, right? So 40, 41 days out, you now have this burnt offering and sin offering covering. And do you see how much Christ is modeled in the offerings of the Old Testament? I'm just telling you, while I was going through this this week, I'm like, oh, that's so a sermon series someday. Like, I would love to be able to walk through the offerings and let's talk about how it reflects on our Savior and all that he does for us. Huge depth. In the offerings, when you see them going to a sacrifice moment, old or new, stop and start watching very carefully about what it's for. Because it's telling you more about who your Christ is and what he does for you. All right? Huge deal. And, uh, all right. Coming before our God repentantly and thankfully. That's what Mary was doing. And so... What does that mean for us today? How can we come before God repentantly and thankfully? And I just wrote a few quotes down here from uh, Kent Crockett. He had some great uh, quotes on repentance. Uh, Here we go is the first one. Repentance means we love our Savior more than our sin. Repentance. We love our Savior more than our sin. Like in this season, are you ready to set down self And all those self-expressions, whether it be the words you use or the thoughts you have or the actions you take on or the food you're overeating or the, mm, there's a touchy one, right? Or the, whatever it is that we're going through where we're just getting into this ravenous thing about self, right? And uh, time to set sin down and love our Savior more. Lord, may you take priority in my life. And here's another quote. Repentance is a decision to want freedom more than bondage. Repentance is a decision to want freedom more than bondage. We recognize that there is freedom from our own self. Freedom from the sin that eats us alive. And we can actually step into a walk with our king. I'm telling you, a simple Christmas, a basic worship Christmas, has you dropping the sin, and worshiping your king for all he is. That's what it looks like. Thankfully and repentantly. Uh, Here's one last quote about repentance and thankfulness. Uh, Worldly sorrow. You ever heard the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow? Worldly sorrow. It's lamenting the consequences to you. Right? Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And a Man, this is so uncomfortable for me. If I just hadn't, right, that's worldly sorrow, right? It's still very self-absorbed, right? Godly sorrow, godly sorrow. 
lamenting the offense that it is to God. Lord, please forgive me for how I've walked on you. That's godly sorrow. Lord, I'm devastated that I somehow thought I was more important than you. Please forgive me. So here's a simple question. In your week, in your month, what is it that's eating you alive that needs to be set down? What distractions, what battles, what decisions, what priorities need to change that you might begin to make much of your God? Where does self need to be done and say, Lord, please forgive me for that? And make sure you come up with it. It might be as simple as garland that distracts you from the thing that matters. And it might be way more. Figure out what it is and get ready to set it down before him. Okay? That's the first step in simple Christmas. Second, marvel at who Jesus is and will be. Marvel at who Jesus is and will be. And uh, we're just going to pick it up here. Verse 25, he says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And uh, I love the description of Simeon. And uh, this is a description that we should strive for in our own lives. Like it would be awesome if someday people would reflect on you and think of you as devout and righteous and the Holy Spirit upon you. And wow, like Simeon, he had his act together. He knew what was going on and righteous, meaning he chose the right actions that would honor God in the, in the midst and devout. He was committed to it. He was honoring him regularly and faithfully in it. Righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was aware through the promises of the Old Testament and through some communication from the Holy Spirit directly that Israel would have a Savior. And he he was told he would be able to see that, that he would meet that Savior before he passed away. Can you imagine that promise? Now imagine you're an older dude. You're dedicating your life. Some of you are like, that's not hard for me to imagine, right? Imagine you're an older dude. I'm feeling it too. And you're beginning to walk along in life and you're like, I'm faithfully committed to who God is and I can't wait for him to reveal the Savior. And every day you're walking into the temple going, that's not today. And you come back the next day. That's not today, right? You come back the next day and some mom's coming in with a toddler walking along and you're like, you're not sure what age you're supposed to meet this savior at. And they're coming in with the toddler and you look and you watch and then the toddler like drops to the ground and starts licking the floor and you're like, not today. (laughs) Right? Seen that actually happen in the mall. About threw up afterwards. But, uh, and uh, Simeon, and he's like trying to figure out What's happening and which day it is as he's waiting faithfully upon God. And it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Everybody say, that was unique. Like today, we have a sweet privilege of the Holy Spirit upon us. When we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, it says the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence. He begins to work with our soul. He is upon us. That is a privilege that not everyone got in the Old Testament. Very few, and those unique ones called out to a unique responsibility. And Simeon had the Holy Spirit on him. Um, 
That means you get special understanding and discernment. You're able to see God's word and see things in it. You're able to be led by it. And notice it says, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It had been revealed to him. Somehow the Holy Spirit had communicated this. And it doesn't say how, but I'm telling you, there was a clarity from God Almighty. You will have this come down in your life. And being led by God in the midst of that. And uh, what a huge, huge privilege we have to be able to walk with the Spirit daily around here. And I, I love uh, when people come down afterwards and they're like, dude, it's the weirdest thing. I have been wrestling with this topic that you're preaching on today for the last three and a half weeks I haven't been to church in two weeks. I come this morning and the one thing I'm wrestling with, and that's what you're talking about. And uh, that's not weird. That's the Holy Spirit moving. And uh, how often does he prep and prepare us and move us to a spot where he's going to share with us what we need to know. And he's working in your lives all throughout the week as he's beginning to communicate what he wants accomplished. God at work. What a privilege. Him rocking your world moment by moment throughout the week. And hear me, setting you up so that a Sunday morning can be an unleashing of your worship to him. As you start to hear from him, as you start to move with him, as you get who he is and what he's accomplishing. And all of a sudden that thing you're struggling with so makes sense. And uh, God working with you. Love that. Notice the end result here. It says, revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, uh, this detail. And then it says, and he came in the spirit into the temple. Like he showed up to the temple. God had been preparing him throughout. And he directed him to the moment and the place he needed to be so that he could be saying, it's weird. It's almost like God directed me here. And uh, yep, that's what happened. An assigned time and an appointed place that something might come down. God knows what he's doing. Everybody just say, God knows what he's doing. I agree with you. God knows what he's doing. And man, we need to trust in him and lean on him as he leads and guides us throughout every day. And uh, notice it says, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that stuff we just read about before, right? He took him into his arms and blessed God and said, all right, it doesn't say how this went down, but they're walking into the temple, right? And here's a dude who's hanging around the temple and he comes over and he's like, oh, I, that's my words. I don't know if he really said that, but that's, that's what I would think, right? This is it. Can I hold him? And, and you're like, I, I don't know. Wouldn't you? Like, I'm not sh- Dude, do you have... Right? And then I end up handing him over to him, and he's now holding the Savior of the universe in his hands. The one who God spoke of. Are you kidding me? This is the answer for all of Israel. This is our hope. And Simeon starting to unleash his passion of everything he waited for. And look what he says now. Lord, 
Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Your what? My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Preparation and salvation. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Light and glory and preparation and salvation. That's who Jesus Christ is. Man, when you go to read scripture, look for who he is. You hearing me? Look to be blown away by him. And as you meet him face to face, as you hear more of who he is, well, then you'll respond like the parents. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Uh, you might just want to put next to it, their jaw dropped. Right? This is our kid he's talking about. Like we knew something special was going on because those shepherds showed up. That was a little weird, right? We knew something unique going on, but listen to what he's saying. And the hope for all people and for Gentile and Jew. And this one is King of kings and the light of the universe. And wow, their jaw dropped as they simply marveled. They were blown away with who Jesus is and all that God had said through Simeon. It says, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. That's not what they said when we had Megan in our arms. And uh, you know what I'm saying? We And Megan's a sweet girl. We love her to death. She is an awesome girl. And in our home, just a sweetheart. And I'm telling you, right? You love your kids. They had that love for Jesus. Mary was like, this is my child. But more than that, this is salvation. Light for the universe. This is hope beyond all hope. And she didn't even know how that was going to be meted out yet. Still trying to figure that all out. Jaw dropped, worshiping God, amazed at how Jesus would be used. Notice it says in the end that hearts may be revealed. That hearts may be revealed. And uh, Jesus Christ, a stone of stumbling. For some, they get who he is and they worship him with all they've got with thrill and excitement. And for others, not so much. I'm not sure I'm good with Jesus and I'm not sure what he's about. And and, uh, what I love is... That there is a rallying together in this room and there are people who are worshiping Christ with all they've got and there are some who are still figuring it out. And uh, welcome both. And we're going to be walking through who he is and we're going to be real to who he is and we are going to make much of his name because that's what scripture says of him. And uh, praise God for it. And uh, what I love is that in the midst of that, there are often moments where you see people come across the line. Last week was one of those weeks around here. And uh, we walked through the closeout of a series called All I Need. And we were talking about who our God is. 
And in the midst of that, between the two services, we had many, many people committing their hearts to Christ. We had 19 people accept Christ between the two services last week. Amen. Praise God for that. Yep. Huge deal. 19 people. And I'm telling you, there were tears all over the place. And a lot of it was by people who are already believers, who were praying for someone to come to trust Christ. And there's names going up and there's people committing in and they're saying this. I'm done with trying to have all the answers myself. I'm leaning on my God and I'm trusting him to reveal the rest. Praise be to God. I'm telling you, that's what trusting Jesus Christ is all about. And uh, Love seeing hands go up all over the place in this room. Love seeing people say, I'm in. I'm confessing him as Lord in my life. He's in charge. And uh, time to take the next step. As we walk through our daily life, we must marvel at who Jesus Christ is. How are you doing? How are you doing at looking for things within scripture, looking for truths within your life, looking for ways where God is moving and just stopping, jaw dropping and go, oh, that's who you are. That's what you're doing. That's how they felt. Can you imagine? 400 years of not hearing from God in any specific way. And Simeon is told, you will see the Savior. You will see the one who will redeem Israel. You will see the one who will be the light of the Gentiles. The quietness will be shattered with a declaration from the angels, glory to God in the highest. And that is what Christmas is all about. Man, we are not here to make it more about self. We get pretty good at that, don't we? And uh, how can I make the presents about me? How can I make the parties about me? How can I make the schedule about me? How can I make the sleep about me? How can I make the food about me? How about we just commit to this? Lord, help me marvel. In the next 11 days, yep, 11 days till Christmas. In the next 11 days, Lord, Help me marvel at you. Something about you where I can just go, wow. Will you commit to that? Lord, in the next 11 days, help me marvel with you. I want to be stunned with who you are and stunned with who you will be. Show me something from your word. Help me marvel. I'm telling you, it'll take busy Christmas down to simple Christmas. As we refocus on him. All right. Number three. Don't veil the glory of God at work in you and in this world. Don't veil the glory of God at work in you and in this world. And uh, I use the same words as we used last week. The word veil here. It's not in this scripture, but the scripture we looked at last week talked about God's glory doing a work in us. And please hear me. His glory is a real thing. It's not some concept or idea. It is an actual thing, right? We said before, as heat is to fire, as light is to the sun, so glory is to God. 
And when God is present and revealing himself, his glory will be experienced. When you are in this room and you're in the middle of a worship song and the words start hitting you as to exactly who he is and the tears may start running or the excitement may start pumping and the spirit is pressing in on some commitment you can make and his glory pressing in. And we can experience that. And and the statement was, please don't veil the effect of God in your life. His glory literally changes us physically and spiritually. We're told in 2 Corinthians 3 that we change because of his glory, not because of our own works. How often we walk out of a church where we hear a more uh, self-definition, I'll just put the word on it, a legalistic definition where we try to muster it up ourselves. And in fact, the change comes from the Holy Spirit's glory pouring on us. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Check it out if you don't believe me. 2 Corinthians 3, 18, the change comes from the Spirit. And he's like, please don't veil that. All right, here we go. Watch Anna and watch how she does not veil that. It says, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That's a very nice way of saying that, right? She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84, right? Seven years she was married. Uh, Could get married anywhere in the ages of 14 to 20-ish, okay? Seven years. And then she went all the way till 84 as a widow, About 60 years, we'll just call it, somewhere in there, that she was a widow. What did she do with her life during that time period? Ready? It says, and then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and praying night and day. Worshiping and fasting and praying. She was committed to God Almighty and could not wait to see what he would reveal next of himself. Worshiping. And fasting and praying. A lot of self-sacrifice in the midst. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. And to speak to him, speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She began, right? So now you got Simeon, holding Jesus. And then he goes off, right? Whoa! This one! Blessed! And, and the light of the Gentiles and salvation and, right? And then in walks Anna. And she's like, oh. And now she comes over and she's like, this is awesome. And just what we've been waiting for. And I cannot believe this answer. And now the two of them, advanced in years, celebrating in the middle of the temple, this little one born. Why? I mean, what's the big deal? It's a baby, man. Lighten up. Don't you wonder how many people thought that as they walked through the temple? They're walking by and they're like, lighten up. A lot of babies around here. Kind of losing it. Right? And they walk past and miss the whole point that salvation is being announced. That, hear me, the trumpet blast is coming forth. That God Almighty has come to this earth for you and for me. That he has taken on the wrappings of a little one. And that there is hope. And there is light. And there is salvation. 
That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because God Almighty has it in hand and we lean on him and all that he provides. And all of God's people said, and that's what we're about. That's what Christmas is all about. And uh, Anna, she goes off. It says, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping, fasting, and praying night and day. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Hear it? Speak of him to all who were waiting. Let's break that down. Speak of him. She did not do this. Oh, that's very interesting. I'll go home privately and ponder that. Tick a lock. That ain't how it went down, right? It's not that. And, and she didn't do this. Oh, wow. And, and he's here. Right? It doesn't say to everyone. It says to a specific everyone, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She literally knew who it was. Maybe it was through the moment as you catch eyes and you're like, he's here, he's here. And the person's like, oh, whatever. And they're looking away and they're like, she's like, well, he's clearly not waiting. Forget it. And he's here. And then all of a sudden they lock eyes and she's like, he's here. And they're like, really? Where? Right there. And the hope was coming down. People were beginning to gather. The crowd was coming around. Are you hearing it? She was beginning to create a stir amongst those who were waiting for the salvation of Jerusalem. Anna, excited for the answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. Simply put, God doing a work right in front of her. And she wasn't about to stay quiet on it. You know, we'll often talk about it this way. We'll call it red apple ministry. Right? Where you're working with a ripe fruit. I know sometimes green apples can be ripe. Just follow with me. Right? So we'll call it a red apple ministry. And what does it mean? It means that you're very serious about sharing out who Christ is. But I'm telling you, you're extra serious about those who are right on the precipice of saying, I'm in, what do I need? And that's, that's what we're talking about. And here's my question for you. Who has God placed you in front of that you might share of the glory of the greatness of Jesus Christ? Who is it that's looking for Christ? Who is it that's hungering for more of the story? Who is it that's asking more questions and not quite getting it? And they seem to be coming along the path. There seems to be an awareness, but they don't have all the info and you're helping them along the line. Who's God calling you to? To be real about what he's doing in your life. Remember, point two was marveling at him. Take what you're marveling at him about. And just be real. That's all they're asking you to do. It's all Anna's doing. And in the end, you're sharing with a family member or a friend or a coworker or a neighbor. And you're just getting real about who Jesus Christ is. That's worship. Simple Christmas comes down to this. Lord, thank you. And please forgive me. I know that I've been in rebellion against you on a lot of fronts, and please forgive me. Thank you, and please forgive me. Number two, Lord, show me who you are. I am ready to be in awe. Lord, help me this week. Help me to lead my family this week to marvel 
at Jesus Christ just a little bit that you might get the greater glory. And number three, God, as you do a huge work in me, may I share it out with those around me and just be real. Simple Christmas. It's all about him. You hearing me? Simple Christmas. It's all about him. Just say it with me. Simple Christmas. It's all about what? It's all about him. That's what we're going to live it for. Simple Christmas. Bring it back down. Much about Jesus Christ. Clear confession. Tons of worship. Sharing where God opens it up. And let's watch God be celebrated. And all of God's people said, now that's refocus. Let's pray.